Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I'm Edwin. And I'm Sam. For the past seven days, I have selected a game for us to play. Mm. And that game is... Let me see if I can get this straight, because I always mix up the two words in order. It is... I want to call it Tumble Toad. Tumble Toad. No, it's Tomb Toad. Tumble Toad. Ah. Tomb Toad is a 2021... You're having none of it. ...puzzle game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From a single developer indie game studio, Mission Control. Mm, to Major Tom. That's Ground Control. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you did there. I've botched that reference. No, dear. Uh, I will read you the App Store description. Oh, please do. A totally awesome adventure, which I love. Oh, yes, I remember that. (laughs) Bravo, well done. Delve into dark dungeons, face fearsome foes, and ponder perilous puzzles in this topsy-turvy adventure game. To explore, simply rotate the world and let gravity do the rest. Marvelously simple gameplay featuring one-touch controls. Large world with over 100 levels filled with... Treasure, traps, puzzles, and monsters. <gasps> Retro-inspired pixel art graphics and chiptune soundtrack. And a level editor for designing and sharing your own devious dungeons. <laughs> oh, that could have been a bonus episode where we design mm-hmm. our own. But... So it says Crescent Moon Games, but I think that is the publisher? I still don't really know who does what in the world of games. Right. I just know Because I thought this was... Mission control. So I feel like they were kind of helping out and making, yeah. So publishing this game for iOS, but the actual studio that developed this game is Mission Control, and it's spelled Mission with capital C T R L, like the yes. key on your keyboard, on your clacky keyboard, right. like the thing that happens yes. when you swipe up with four fingers on your Mac. Is that Mission Control? <laughs> exactly. That is. Was it swipe? That is mission control. Yeah, the four finger swipe up, which you never use. I, well, no. Do we use it? To what that? is? I. So, what's the difference between Launchpad is the app starter, right? Like it's just list. Mission control is where you see all the apps and play. Right. Dashboard, expose, and spaces were combined together and renamed Mission Control in 2011. Swipe up with three or four fingers. I use Mission Control all the time. Oh, do you? I never use it at all. I use mission control all the time because then I can get rid of like the apps that I that's or like hide apps that are currently not, you know, taking up space. Um, Mm. I don't use Launchpad at all because I use Spotlight. Is Launchpad the thing on the side? (laughs) Welcome to Sam Nibin figure out macOS. Launchpad is essentially all your apps that you have installed. Oh, with the clock. Oh, yeah. What the? Yeah, that's useless. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, not the widget bar. This is something or something else. Okay. No. Right. Well, I don't use spotlights. I use, oh, maybe I will save what I use instead as my thing of the week. Mm. Stick okay. around. We call that a little tease in the audio biz. Find out <laughs> what I think is 10 times better than spotlight. But right. after, but first, let's delve but back first. into the tumble, tumble toads in tumble the ground of tombs. Major, major toad. Um, so this game, it, Edwin, have you ha- ever had one of those uh, like toys where there's like a little marble mm. and like a little maze on your hand and, and like a little like jewel case? You know, I forget what it's you call like them, a but tumble, they're a tumble something. Yeah, like uh, 
usually has like a little marble, like a silver marble in it. And a little pinhole where you have to like aim the ball to get towards after end of the maze. Yes, yes. I actually had. Now, Sam, I don't know. Is this. If I say the words screwball scramble, does that mean <laughs> anything to you? Uh, that sounds so familiar. Not a dish at Denny's. <laughs> right. Isn't that. That almost sounds like a TV show or like a cartoon for some reason. This is what I was obsessed with as a kid, which is adjacent to, I think, the spinny thing, but it's a little more um, to the maze with the ball bearings. Uh, but this oh, is, this is really cool. I kind of uh, recall yes. this, but this wasn't, I don't think this was popular in like the US or Asia. Mm. Yeah, it seems, I was trying to, hoping that the Wikipedia article would have like popular in the UK and nowhere else because <laughs> we love right. things. We love silly things. Uh, but there was like this balanced table. Like if you look in the middle, there's that sort of orange uh, kind of squarish oh, table with little is... pins on. So you have to like balance that. So that's kind of where my head went when you sort of said, uh, you know, rotating a ball to get it through a maze. So I know why so this fun. wasn't popular in the US. This was a Japanese toy to begin with. Maybe because it also has a 13 millimeter ball bearing that you could just eat as a child. <laughs> and you know how oh, you know Americans what? hate Kinder, kinder Surprise. <laughs> exactly. Um, in fact, I think this was actually the toy that was responsible for one of my traumatic experiences as a child. Um, that metal ball was actually stuck up my nose. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just had a memory, too. I feel like I also got the ball stuck in my... Like I didn't like choke was too strong a word, but like I suddenly noticed that I couldn't breathe because I had the ball in my mouth. Oh no! So, <laughs> this is like, what yeah. binds us together, Edwin. Oh it's this yes. toy in actuality. Ball scramble. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! This is amazing. Right. The, uh, the official Guinness World Record is thirty-three point eight five seconds <laughs> to, to for this game. Yes, to complete this game, the screwball That's scramble. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. wow. 33. Well, that's actually a lot longer than I th- thought it would be. Like, I would feel people these days would probably do like a, a speed run. And, you know, like, oh, find a glitch. pop it. Exactly. Like, <laughs> pop it from, like, the right side all right. the way over to the left side and just, like, make it hit the bell. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. They'd find a way of launching it off the unstable walkway. <laughs> exactly. And making it land, like, on the catapult on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Sam, we should talk about this game, Tumble Toad. Let's talk about the game. Yeah. So Tumble Toad, uh, it's, a, it's one of those games where, like, instead of a little marble ball that you're trying to, you know, roll your way to the other side, what, and, and the only thing that you control is the rotation of the map that you're in. Hmm. So the map will normally be, like, you know, a square, which you can, like, rotate around in all four corners. And if you rotate a certain way, the frog will then roll down or slide down the walls into, you know, letting gravity do its trick. And you have to collect three coins in little passages uh, and then get to the exit. And of course, as the maps get harder, more challenges are in your way, like getting a key first in order to open a door or pesky skulls. Soon thereafter, there are poisonous skulls that will get you. Uh, and so you have to plan out like, you know, 
let the gravity do its thing first and let the skulls fall a different way. And then you quickly turn it around and then make your way through this corridor. So it gets really tricky in order to, of course, like you don't necessarily have to risk it. The only reason why you try to get those skulls to go in another direction is for you to get those coins in order for you to get out. But you don't need all of the coins to actually get out. But if you are Sam, you do need all the coins. You do need all the coins, which is, you know, that's my <laughs> that's my cross to bear. <laughs> yes. Welcome to your world. <laughs> but then at some point, you are walled off in proceeding to the more advanced part of the map's uh, because you are limited by how many coins that you might have collected along the way. So you have to try and get as much coins as possible, risking it all in order to, to make your way across to uh, the lens. I, mm-hmm. There is like a bit of a story that goes along with it because it has like a bit of monologue, but I, it's oh, completely, yeah. completely lost. I don't know yeah, why so the story is on this quest. There's maybe a, a, a witch or something that kind of guides you through the initial levels. Something like that. Uh, but yeah, there's yeah. some text. Very small text. Uh, it's very the- quick and kind of does it. But, you know, what really stuck out to me was the, the bopping music. Mm, that the chip tunes. Starts it, the, yeah, it's very, very good chip tunes. Let me, let me play you a little bit of it because as soon as I opened up the app, I was like, oh, this is, this is nice. I, I dig it. Here. I'll play some for you. Okay. Ooh, If I nice. if I made a you know uh, like a pixel based game, I'd like to and have one day this you type will, of music. Sam. One day you will. <laughs> one day I will. <laughs> Seven Days to Play Studios presents. Yes. Yeah, it's Chip great. Very good. I got to say, this is I've never played a game with this mechanic before. I was kind of impressed. I am a a, a, a game weenie, so I have have not had that much experience. But I really like the concept of this where. Gravity is always trying to bring you down, such <laughs> that it does, pesky gravity. Uh, but then you rotate the world to your desires to move where you wish. Um, right. Yeah, I thought it was a really smart, smart game mechanic. Yeah, I, I was actually, you know, more than anything else, you know, you know what the thing that really in, impressed me the most, funnily enough? Yeah, the chip tunes, told f- me. It, it wasn't actual <laughs> chip tunes, but, you know, this game feels very 3D. Hmm. Um, but in fact, it's actually not. So it's using like series of leveled layers of uh, pixel graphics layered in a way where depending on the rotation of like how you've rotated the map, it's layering the different uh, layers in accordance to that rotation to just give it an illusion that this is done in 3D. But in actuality, it's just like uh, simply like billboarded images or billboarded tiles um, that are just done effectively. So, yeah, I just thought that that was like such a smart way to emulate like the 3D walls oh, without I actually yes. having to uh, do 3D. Yeah. So I just thought that that was like super clever and really loved it. It is hard um, to describe in words, but when you see right. it, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There are lots of like really nice little details like all throughout the game as well. Yeah. Um so the the way that everything is pixelized is all done in scale. So you don't get like 
um, offshoot pixels or like, you know, the menu doesn't really seem that far off from the, the normal pixels that are displayed within the game itself. Mm. Um, everything is sort of done to that scale of, of pixel, which, you know, what really bothers me is sometimes when, when people try to emulate this, like this pixel art, it's like, it's not actually done in scale. So sometimes you get this like high fidelity sword that this pixelated character is holding. Mm, but yes, the only pass that I give them is that upon the rotation of the pixels, it's actually done with like a much higher fidelity of pixels. Ooh, so like you actually, you know, it's not, it's not yes. actual pixel yeah. rotating with, with a, with a, you know, with a basic dithering you'd see in like a normal uh, pixel grid. Um, so in that aspect, like it's actually okay. Cause it actually works in 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. You give that a pass. You got is a, uh, not in Sam's nitpick corner. <laughs> exactly. But everything else, it just looks really nice. Like the, the main overview world map, uh, is beautifully done. And like this gorgeous pixel art, monochrome pixel art, um, that just looks really good. One touch controls. You can waggle your thumb around to change the orientation of the world, which is, again, a pretty unique mechanic as far as, as, far as I know. Uh, there's like a very clever thing you can do where if you flip 180 degrees quickly, then that often gets you out of bother. In a way I can't quite describe, like the fact that you can quickly change direction uh, means that you can often avoid skulls. I'm doing a bad job describing it, but sometimes you're like, oh yes, here I know I need to do a 180 flip um, to, to, to get past this point. Um, but I found that hard to reliably pull off. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I think overall this is actually was a very difficult game for me. Uh, mainly because um, I think unless you actually create these maps... It's very difficult for you to get a sense of like what exactly are going to be the points where you can let, you know, things slide or like let things sort of hang for the character safely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's 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 one of those things where like sometimes these things just didn't click with me on like whether or not I have to do this in a very very difficult way or if there's just some trick that I'm not seeing. Mm. with the way that like the rotation might work because every once in a while you'll come across this little ledge that looks odd right that if you rotate you know your character underneath it can move freely but then if the skull was stuck in that little ledge it would prevent it from sliding off right and that kind of stuff like kind of makes sense right yeah yeah but i think as more of these levels progress these things are a little bit more hidden in ways that you don't immediately get. And I feel like, you know, a lot of these levels, you kind of don't want to spend that much time in them. But then if you don't figure that out, it becomes really frustrating. And then you, you know, there is actually a lot of progress that you need to make in these levels in order for you to get to the end point. And then when you just happen to like do a one touch death from a skull after getting two coins and you're, you're in the process of getting your third coin, that is a pretty huge setback and a point of frustration for you to continue on. Um, but, Sam, have you considered getting good? Mm. <laughs> but I do know what you mean. Like, it is very frustrating that <laughs> there's... You kind of... I always wish there was a pause button or something to be just right. like, wait, let me just suspend time um, to 
evade or just to figure out my next move. Um, I guess obviously this is just part of the game that it's you know one touch, quick death, one of these sort of deliberately hard. Um, yeah, little, I almost wish games, but yeah, I almost wish there was like a, a time warp move back two seconds rather than a retry and start the that that map all over again. Because that way, I think you'd be able to learn what to do or what not to do pretty effectively without having this, like, tax of, you know, doing the first one minute correct and then the last five seconds wrong, right? That's a lot of, mm-hmm. that's a lot of baggage. That is. But luckily, uh, I don't have a brain that requires me to carry all those coins, so I did not have the coin baggage with me. I could just happily run to the steps to get out of there. <laughs> there is right. one mechanic that I kind of... I liked, but I found annoying as well, is the the button where you can manipulate a poisonous skull to depress a button, which will then open a gate for you to get through, um, which I mean, I kind of liked it, but when it worked, it felt good, but it was very, very fiddly and frustrating to set up. Right. That is the kind of thing where you where you need the patience. You know, that is like one of those moments where you are actually playing with that toy and trying to get the marbles to like stick at two places at the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. You know, like your your tongue sticking out and you're like, oh, (laughs) I'm trying to get this just right. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Um, But in in that sense, like it's actually not a chillaxing game. So. The thing about the finger rotation that I liked, initially when I saw the screens of this, I was scared that it might have been phone rotation, right? Oh, yeah, that is your horror. Right. And that I would have hated because a lot of times, you know, when I am chilling to play this game, I'm I'm like lying down or I'm horizontal. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And so I was very happy to see that it's actually a finger uh, to move it across. But at the same time, like I felt that 180 thing for the finger is actually quite tricky to do. I almost as, wish there was a quick gesture, right, for it. As always, yeah, rotation, accurate rotation with your thumb as in a UI is is difficult to to reliably pull off. I used to be an iOS developer, you know. And yeah, I know that's definitely... <laughs> I don't think it's the fault of this game. I just don't think there is a good way of... And just reliably detecting like a circular motion with mm. with your finger or thumb. Not that it's unreliable, but just like it doesn't feel as snappy as I kind of wish it was. Should we get to the three by three, Sam? Let's get to the three by three, Zedwin. Three sunny bay fronted rooms. Three scary dungeons. <laughs> Is that how it works? No, that's how it works. Okay, exactly. Good, good job. <laughs> My first good point, this really is a unique gameplay that I appreciated. That is so simple. Gravity is always trying to bring you down. You just rotate the world uh, to, to navigate. That was a game mechanic that I've not seen before. And it's really simple to get the idea of. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, I got, I got this. I can, I can play around. Um, I can move forward. And yeah, I just thought that was a very smart, smart decision. This is a difficult game. Um, but hold on, let me let me. Is this me, two difficult <laughs> games in a row you've picked, Sam? What was the last I one know. you picked that was surprisingly difficult? <laughs> I was getting to that, but what I was trying to say is, even though it's difficult, like I think in order for you to really understand the game, it's super simple, right? Like once you start playing with it, you get this game immediately, and it's actually 
uh, almost needs no tutorial. As uh, I mean, if you understand the concept of gravity, then <laughs> and one hopes you do. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that might be a challenging point. But you know, if you know gravity and if you know how it works, this game will totally make sense off the bat, and you can start having fun with this game. So, um, in terms of tutorials and in terms of getting hang of this gameplay mechanic that is unique, mm-hmm. check this game out. You mentioned it, but I'm going to steal it. Uh, the retro vibes are impeccable. Impeccable retro vibes. It looks great. The sound is... sound is, I mean, the sound effects are great as well. Of course, chip tunes are, are popping. Uh, and yeah, there's just like a lot of smart decisions made in the, in the, in the UI and the, and the graphic design. As you say, this idea of having like a 3D feel to the walls as you rotate without it actually necessarily being 3D. Uh, the fact that it is pixel art but they have a higher resolution for you when you're rotating um yeah it's all smart decisions it looks great impeccable retro vibes yeah um little ip ipv little ipv for nope. you irp i don't know how words work little irv irv <laughs> that's what letters are nailed it the chiptune, the music, I think the entire package of this thing is really well done. Um, and then, which will lead me to my last good point, uh, is uh, the level maker. It's, you mm. know, totally not necessary for these things to have the level maker, but it's actually a very complete level maker. Um, I get a sense that this is the tool that the, the creator of this game actually used to create the levels. Um, and it's one of those things like if you even if you just play around with it, it you'll find delight in it let's move on to the bad points sam what's your first scary dungeon uh it's this game is really hard but not like in a point uh-huh. where it's very very <laughs> difficult it's just i think there's lots of um i wish there was a game sense i wish there was a game phrase that depicts uh sunken cost hmm. right well sam you are a professional games journalist you can you can name it right now uh let's call it the <laughs> sunk cost time lapse <laughs> where you know you do so much and a lot of work in order to get to a certain point um and then when you fail at it like you have to start from the very beginning of that level i think that is generally a pretty negative experience uh, especially for something that you want to feel very casual like i wasn't even trying to get all the coins in some of these maps i was just trying to make it out to the end uh alive and then the way that the skulls sometimes slide and you're not moving really that quickly but they're just like sliding Ooh, a little bit faster they do slide faster than you yeah yeah that got me uh, 50 times and they just get you. And, you know, you totally didn't mean for that to happen. It was an accident in the way that, like, your finger was angled. Uh, and, you know, you're panicking because <laughs> you don't want to die. You're being chased by and poisonous skulls. Yeah. Totally. And you feeling. have to start the, the entire map all over again. Meaning, like, you got to get the key. You got to press the switch. You got to open up this lever. You got to pass these skulls away so that you can get through. That's a lot of backtracking in order for you to get to the end of that level. So I wish there was a better way for that to happen. Other than that, like... Yeah, it's just that made me feel like it was very taxing and difficult. On the subject of touch controls, um, I think, yeah, this game in particular really does highlight the fundamental 
one of the fundamental challenges of touch controls is that you're touching the thing that you're looking at or you know or you're touching the thing you're trying to look at um a lot of times your thumb is in the way while trying to rotate the world and your fingers are obscuring your uh, your your tomb toad <laughs> um, which I, I don't there is not a good solution for i i get it uh, but it has felt uh, particularly upfront in this game, or particularly noticeable in this game, that especially because the levels are quite small and in the center of the screen, and kind of that is where your thumb is. Because I think the rotation or the axis on which your thumb has to rotate is the center of the screen. So you can't draw circles anywhere on the screen and rotate the world. You need you do actually need to swirl around the middle of the screen uh, where the map is. Um, so yeah, that I just found that tricky to see these small toad and skull icons while also my big fat thumb is trying to rotate the world. I do feel that the 360 thing, like you said, is just a little tricky to implement. So I wonder if like a button placement for the 360 to happen or like, sorry, the 180 to happen Mm. uh, wouldn't have been good. But yeah, I don't know. Then it gets into the complication of like having on-screen controls but yeah, overall, like I think even though the the control scheme was a little bit more unique, I felt like maybe that is the point of this game. Um, the difficulty really lied on that control scheme, right? So yeah, technically, I don't have any issues with it. Uh, it's just Damn it. a little bit difficult. <laughs> right, exactly. It's happened to me now. I was like, oh, <laughs> patiently, like slowly walking down a slope to escape a skull. And then I messed up the 180 flip. And I got poisoned by the skull. And you got skulled, baby. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, I really don't have any other bad points, except that, you know, there is that point of frustration. Um, Other than that, like, I think it's a really, really solid game. Sam, what is your final 7-day rating for Tomb Toad? Even though I really liked it, my final 7-day rating is a 4 out of 7 days. I think I got to that. Over 50%, so. Right. That's a good score. I got to that point of frustration at the end where I was like, oh, this is really difficult and I don't think I'm having fun with it. I wish there was like a quick rewind method so that I, I don't have to like do that thing all over again. But otherwise, I was really looking forward to opening up more of the map because the map is gorgeous and the levels are gorgeous and the game is gorgeous. Uh, but yeah, four out of seven. How about you, Edwin? It was a three out of seven. I enjoyed my time with it. It was fun. It was easy to pick up, uh, get the get the gist, uh, get get tumbling with the toad, um, but uh, didn't didn't fully stick. But that said, if you enjoy puzzle adventure games uh, with a tactile a tactile feel, uh, definitely check it out. Tactile touch. <laughs> yes, the TTTs. Uh, so that's it. That was Tomb Toad from Mission Control. Edwin, you have now the honor of selecting the next game. And quite quite an honor it is. Because, Sam, you have seven days to play Giant Dancing Plushies. This sounds like a Edwin game. <laughs> I do not know what you mean. Uh, we are we are pretty cutting edge and fresh. It came out two days ago uh, from wow. Rogue something or other Rogue Games, who I believe are people who do things. 
This is an expensive game. This is probably one of the more expensive games that we've... Oh, yeah, surprise. This is a $5.99 upfront purchase in your Apple App Store. So here it is. Here's the tagline. Music, kaijus, destruction. I know Mm. two of those three words. (laughs) Kaiju is essentially like a big monster, like Godzilla is a kaiju. Oh, I see. Like mm, a okay. Oh, that's the giant part of the dying, right. the dancing plushies. Okay. Well, there it is. So right. you have seven days to play giant dancing plushies. Interesting. We'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> there seems to be a lot of humor built into like the icon and everything. So we'll see. Well, I'm the kind of guy that likes humor. <laughs> Before we go, Edwin, do you have a thing of the week? As teased earlier in the show, the app that I use instead of Finder is Alfred. So Apple have really improved the uh, the spotlight search in the most recent versions of macOS. But years, years ago, uh, I was frustrated by spotlight search because things that it couldn't do were, one, open the Finder which seemed absolutely ridiculous to me. Like, I don't know, Sam, do you spend a lot of time in the Finder? I find I find that I do. And I think this is now finally fixed in, like, Catalina onwards, and you can actually open the Finder. But for whatever reason, in earlier versions, you couldn't. And so Alfred would actually open the Finder for you, which is... Mm. That was just a... Yeah, that was a game-changer for me. Um it would also has a calculator built in, so you don't need to open the calculator app and do its little skeuomorphic uh, button design. It would just add, subtract, do your multiplications, whatever you need. You could do it straight there in the bar. I think actually now the Spotlight does also do that for you as well. Uh, but something, little things like that I found useful um, before before Mac or before Apple actually implemented them. But now they are trying to get more like in the productivity space now that mm. finally Spotlight Search can do some of these basic tasks that it couldn't do before, but you can do sort of like it's a bit more f- clever automation um, and do sort of more controls of your music, control uh, just kind of what Spotlight probably should have been able to do all along. Um, but yeah, if you want to play music, uh, it integrates into uh, into your system plays, and you can also have like custom workflows it kind of gets a little crazy if you want to go down the rabbit hole but there are workflows for things like spotify so you can you can control spotify just from key commands in alfred um and do a whole bunch of other things but i like it alfred (laughs) something else i really like is that they actually have usage stats (laughs) so they can tell you like what you're opening you know just little things like that um i think it is it is free but there's a paid option uh for a power pack which I think comes out as, uh, let's see, yeah, 29 of your English pounds, which I guess that's like 30, 35 bucks, maybe something like that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I like it. And the icon is a top hat. So it's I a top hat. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that I've been using for a while as well. Mm. I really like Alfred. Uh, I use it so much that I, in fact, converted the hotkey to use Spotlight as the Alfred now. Because it just, I feel like it just does things a little bit better. Does, doesn't it? I agree. Um, yeah, it does like, I don't know when it indexes things, but I feel like once it does that, things are just a lot quicker. Uh, it also searches folders and external drives a lot quicker, I feel, as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. But 
the best thing I like about it is that I can do commands like lock screen or screensaver or sleep nice. on it that puts your computer to sleep or puts your you know locks your screen. Yeah, you can't do that like just, in Spotlight. You can't do that on yeah. Spotlight. I try to type lock and it's having none of it. You try you type it in Alfred, boom, lock screen. Yeah. Totally. Don't do it now though, because we're recording. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you if you use Spotlight and you're a little bit frustrated with some of these limitations, definitely check out Alfred. Support indie indie developers, uh thirty five bucks well spent. Yep, before Apple tries to kill them by building in all the features into their own spotlight. Yep. Like they did with Flux. It is dead, unfortunately. My thing of the week, Edwin. Do you have do you like having cold beverages on your table? I do. Yes. Sometimes maybe, you know, it's a hot day and your cold beverage likes to do a little bit of a, a sweating and there's a little pool then formed mm. on your some little beatings. You know, yeah. Right. And sometimes you think coasters will help, but then, you know, most of these nice, fancy coasters are made of plastic. You know, water wicking oh, just, material. Oh, just, just water sits on top. Exactly. Just oh, water and, sits on top. And then it gets stuck to the bottom of your glass. And then, and then you, you try and drink your, and it falls off. And then and dribbles you. on your shirt. Yeah, <laughs> and you get exactly. Scared. Yes. <laughs> it's a wonder we make it through the day, Sam. <laughs> I know. How do we? So I have found a great solution for it. So oh, there is this. I'm all ears. Sam, you've really teased me. You've laid out the problem. I'm relating to it. You can sell me anything right now and I would buy it. There's a coaster called Thirsty Stone, which is made of... <laughs> That's hard to say. <laughs> thir- thirsty Stone. Yeah, that is hard to say. It's easy to see. Thirsty Stone. Thirsty Stone. Made of all natural sandstone. It absorbs the water naturally and dries it very quickly so any sort of moisture that forms on it just soaks it right up um and you know every once in a while you'll get a little coffee stain like me but you can actually just use detergent to to clean that up has a nice little cork back as well so in case you have a nice table it won't scratch it up right it looks really nice too look at it they look nice they're all different too because they use like natural sandstone in fact, where I used to live in the UK, there is a lot of sandstone. Um, yeah, about 30 miles away. Every once in a while, like uh, you can just file your nails on it as well. <laughs> that is useful. <laughs> so multifunctional. I really hate it when you have like a nice cold glass of water and then there's like a little pool of water on, your, on the bottom and then you try to drink it and it dribbles on your shirt and it makes you seem like you don't know how to drink water mm, at all. You have a drinking problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This totally cleared it up. Nice. Mm. Thirsty stone. Say that five times quickly. Oh, I really don't want to, especially your mic. Mm. <laughs> and that is our show. Sam, you have seven days to play Giant Dancing Plushies. Giant Dancing Plushies. Also difficult to say, but I'll get on it. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at 7 Days to Play to tell us any other game recommendations. You can listen to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts by searching Seven Days to Play. You already know this because you're listening to this. Double Day! Seven Days to Play!